Welcome to Sin 315. We're here to encourage and equip Christians to engage in the adventure of sharing Jesus with those that God puts into their life. And we're so glad you're here. Hey, good morning, Synth 315 family. Matthew, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? You've got that look of uh, peace in the eye of the hurricane. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, one step at a time. Yeah, I get yeah. it. I get it. Hey, you know what? I was listening to our last episode, the okay. Bobo the Clown episode. <laughs> yeah. And I just hope people really do connect with uh, Pastor Bobby Yates. Oh, yeah, he, I think they will. He needs a couple of volunteers at their new location. They just moved into our church over on Dryden, which is our uh -huh. high school. And Dr. Struthers, Doctor. Sherry Struthers. Uh, I was fine. Welcome to the conversation. <laughs> Thank you. Did you hear that episode, the last one? No. Okay. So, I don't know who Bobo the Clown is. Well, I'm he sad is no more. He's Pastor Bobby oh. Yates, but God salvaged him from just darkness and evil and horribleness. And he ends up going to the Horizon School of Evangelism. They turn him into Bobo the Crown, an illusionist, all through Africa. Kids get saved everywhere. But now, he, for years and years and years, he's been doing a love on fire oh, ministry. Oh, I have read about that. Yeah, with the developmentally disabled. Yeah, yeah, and so we just gave him our church on Mondays, the high school. It's perfect for him, but he needs some help. And so I figured we could just do a shout out to people who want to help perfect. move chairs. Yeah. Right. And he needs a tech guy, Matt. Okay, mm. we can get past that. You don't have any time. <laughs> but I know people. Yes, you do. Okay, so that's what's going on Bobby Yates. What's going on in your life, Sherry? Just a lot of the normal things that someone with four kids has going on. I have two weddings on the horizon <laughs> with yes, the do. older boys. The and Twin Towers. Middle school for the girls and all of their sports and all of their activities and a great husband and four dogs and <laughs> just all the ands. How long have we known each other? Since 2014. Was that one of the best class ever It was things? the only <laughs> class, so I think we qualify. For those of you that don't aren't familiar with the East County, San Diego East County Chamber of Commerce, they have a leadership program. It's been going on forever. It's yeah. won awards. It's a good thing. I, like I think since the year 2000. Yeah. I was actually in the best class in the year 2001. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, Shocking. <I> was. <laughs> That's what everybody in every class says. <laughs> However, Sherry and I hold the distinction of being the only class ever of leadership masters. Ooh. And yes. she's beyond masters. We're talking PH something. E-D-D. -D. It's P only an E-D-D. -D. Only. only. That's right. <laughs> I'm surrounded by brilliance here. Matt studied sound stuff at MIT, and I you are truly a doctor, and I'm a schmo that's just, just not the good hanging guy. out with you. Don't get sick in front of me. <laughs> I can only teach you how to get better. <laughs> you get Let's just talk. First of all, I want to talk about meeting you, because I think we became friends rather instantly. Yeah. We just, it, there was a connection there, and we started talking about churches, and you were in a little bit of an investigation, I think. A huge investigation. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah because you are legendary. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Matt. Sherry asked about our schools. She's got okay. four kids. She yeah. asked about our schools. Oh, yeah, yeah. She is the only parent in the history of Foothills Unified <laughs> to go tour every single school oh, wow. because she's an educator. Yeah. She knows what she's looking She's a Christian ed educator and she knows what she's looking for on both sides of that equation. Yeah, right? But what Matt doesn't know is that the boys were graduating high school already. Oh, my, my daughter was three 
And so I was looking for the full package. All the schools. K through oh, 12. Okay. We visited every principal. We yeah. did school tours because my husband and I wanted a K through 12 decision. Yeah. And your husband's an educator too. You know what's important. Everybody should know what's important. Yes. But yeah, you, have, you became a legend right off the bat. <laughs> and, uh, and now you're part of the Foothills family. And one thing that's cool that I really appreciate, we're going we're gonna to ramble all over places here, but your family has a heart for service. Serving everywhere. Koi has eaten the hugest cupcake I ever saw on camera <laughs> in one bite and continued to try to talk. Well, I we think. do. That's how we eat dinner. That is oh, yeah. Yeah, that's very telling. <laughs> yeah, he just was perfect with the kids. The kids love Koi. And then Riley records film mm -hmm. and everything. And yeah, we just love your family. It's You're Thank all over you. the place. And my girls are very active too. They don't get paid for it. Yeah. But every week they're helping with Sunday school classes and all kinds of community work. A couple of the reasons why I wanted to have you on. First of all, I tend to ask a whole bunch of people that I already have great conversations with that I appreciate, that are natural and, and important to me. So this is just another conversation with us. Yes, and we get with busy. microphones. Yes. <laughs> but the other part of it is we've done some projects together through the Chamber of Commerce and through education and stuff. And one of them that we did was in one of your very strong fields, which is communication and emotional intelligence. Can you just talk a little bit about your education and what you teach other people about? Because I want to do some equipping today for Christians in sharing their faith. Sweet. Yeah. So do you want like from kindergarten or? No, I don't think no, so. Uh, no, you know what? This I'm is joking? only an hour and a half long. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Okay, but the truth is, I grew up in El Cajon, and I went through Cajon Valley schools. So even though I was joking, that's a piece. That's, yeah, that's, sure. That's a piece of it. And I remember some amazing teachers and beautiful experiences all through K-12. through So anyways, graduated from Granite Hills High School and then went off into a variety of places for college. I went to University of Florida for a brief time. I went to Grossmont College received an AA degree, and then off to Chico State. I have a bachelor's in speech communication, and then took a couple years off to be an adult and just see what the world was about, and then realized, wait a second, I'm going to have to go back to school to be a teacher, <laughs> which is really what I wanted to do the whole time. So went to grad school at San Diego State, have a master's in speech communication, which is not what people think. People think it's like only giving speeches or teaching people how to articulate. That's not at all what it's about. And then wanted to get to the highest level in teaching. So I have a doctorate in teaching or education, but okay. I focused okay. on teaching. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to dig into that to help folks because I, as we were talking before, I don't think I'd be really surprised if this podcast is listened to by Jordan Peterson and Thomas Sowell oh, sure. and uh, <laughs> Charles Simpson. No, they told me they listened. Yeah, yeah I was hanging out with Thomas with last That's week. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, tell him I'd like to have him on the show. That would be <laughs> Yeah, we've been trying to get a hold of him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Gladwell too. He said he, oh, he'd he's be good. Yeah. Yes. They're regular folks that are listening. <laughs> and some of them are scared to share their faith. Some of them just want to. And others uh, are extraordinarily dogmatic and and, con and confrontational. Yeah. And it's like, that a lot of times doesn't work out so well right. when you're trying to communicate with somebody. So I think that's part of it. So before you, we educate everybody and everybody becomes perfect at sharing their faith with others. In, yeah, right. Uh, there are some challenges, aren't there? In, in public education, challenges. where you have to, there's some possible 
tricky navigation? Oh, very tricky. Illegal, really. I would be suspended more quickly for sharing my faith than for physically injuring a student. That's so crazy. Oh, man. That is mind-boggling. How do you do it? Do you put it in a coffee can and set it on the dash of your car when you go in? <laughs> yeah, I work? do. I actually lock it up. Lock your face locked up? <laughs> no. In fact, two years ago, my New Year's resolution was to put a scripture into every lecture but without citing the address. Okay. I would say, we have to not speak truth and love, that's cliche, but I would figure out a way to navigate whatever the topic was, a scripture. And I was somewhat successful with that, but I feel like it's more the ethic of care that comes from teachers, mm. from Christian teachers, and how we love on our students mm-hmm. without face forward representing Christ by name yeah. in the public schools. Mm. Now, if you're teaching in the private schools, you have to bring it because there are students sitting there with their crosses on and their what would Jesus do bracelets, and they have no relationship with Jesus. And I've learned that over the years, that they're struggling just as much with faith as a public school student who was raised by atheists or just no faith at all. Hmm. Yeah. And so much of the time, I don't even know who said it, but your life speak so loudly I can't hear a word you're saying. Yes. If you're loving people well, if you're acting like Jesus, yes. and the truth is the truth, no matter whether there's a chapter and verse after it, there's power in that, especially in relationship. So that's one thing is the ability to navigate in a difficult environment. And what I hear you saying is that. Act like Jesus, show that you care, and if he presents opportunities, then There's opportunities, right? Yeah. And I have occasionally, not in class, because that would be embarrassing in a public setting for the student, but in my office, I would say things like, can I pray for you? Or, you know, where's your faith? Just general questions and see what the students do with that. And a student has never denied prayer. People let you pray for them. Yeah, they really will. And even at first, if they misunderstand and think you're going to go home. And pray on your knees before you go to bed. Yeah. But if they give you that permission, it's something to step into. And, and a lot of appreciation when people say, you'll pray for me? Yeah. So that's craziness. Yeah. I wanna, can I tell you a story? So I had a student who was a prince from an African country, an actual prince. And I don't remember the country. His dad was the chief and he was the prince and whatever. And he got a little bit busy with extracurriculars in Pacific Beach with a particular young lady. And... She turned up pregnant, and he came to my office just devastated because that would ruin his tribe if he had, A, a child out of wedlock, B, a child with an American woman. So anyways, he didn't know what to do. He's freaking out. And I said, can I just pray for you? And so I did, and then we opened a conversation and talked about the child and what's going to happen And he was dead set on aborting the child. And at the end of the conversation, I convinced him that the child has a purpose. And the child could be the chief in two generations. And the kid broke. And convinced the girl to have the baby and that he would raise it. And he took the child back to Africa. Jesus, wow. And about five years later... He brought me a picture of the child and was in tears. Look, I have chills. Me too, all over. Yeah. And 
I don't know, that was maybe 10 years ago now, but that child is being reared in the seat of a prince. Oh, nicely done. Wow. Isn't that yeah, awesome? Yeah, just Praise out of Lord. Wow. for you. That's one of my favorite stories. They're not all that good. Yeah. But. And it just goes to show, I, I had a buddy, he's moved away now, but he literally used to leave his faith at church. Mm-hmm. And he served at church and everybody, but when he went to work in in government he wasn't a politician or anything but he's in government i'm saying so what's god doing at work with with you and he said god isn't at my work yeah and it's you know what we got buddies in prison sharing jesus we've got people in terrible situations and you know what in public education and government stuff there's it's tricky but look what god will do yeah if we will Right. You know? And I say things to my classes occasionally. Jesus got kicked out. I think it was 1962, right? Isn't that when we kicked Jesus out of school? (laughs) They look at me so bewildered. Yeah, a historical fact. How did you meet Jesus? What's your story? Like a true academic, I had to follow every line of truth-seeking I could, and my dad was just trying to get me to come to faith. He was this wild Christian that was mostly head knowledge, and he could beat anybody up with a Bible. He was that kind of guy. So he was trying to beat me up with a Bible in my early 20s, and I said, that's it, Dad. I'm just going to prove you wrong. So out of the academic mind and the motivation to prove my dad wrong, I read every work of faith. Mm. I've Have we talked about this before? Well, let's find out. Yeah. So I read the Quran. I read everything Buddhist, Taoist. I read everything about the Baha'i faith. I read the Book of Mormon. I just read it all because I was ready <laughs> to talk truth. That's right. <laughs> and of course, the Bible. I think I forgot. Okay, to good. That. That's yeah, good. so read the Bible along the way. And then, oddly, at the same time, I was a subscriber to Time Magazine and I would just tear it up every page, cover to cover, just interested in what was going on in the world. And there were several features on religion. So there was this pop culture piece, there was the dad piece, and then there was just my voracious journey for truth. And in the end, I said, the Bible's true, like everything about it. And I would look up archaeological digs, <laughs> and I would try to triple verify stories. Everything is true. So I wasn't crying out from addiction or broken from a relationship. I was just seeking facts yeah. and truth. And that's the teacher's heart, maybe. That's the academic's heart. And the Bible was true, and I couldn't come back from that. And it's so refreshing for people to hear. You don't have to take your brain off and be what their version of blind faith is. He's up to our challenges and our questions right. and our Hallelujah. intellect. Right? Amen. Yeah. yeah. No, that is really important. Okay, so he, you went after truth. You found him. And then what happened? Bow Everything, your head, close your eyes, raise your hand. What did you, you go to church? What happened? Yeah, it was four days before my 30th birthday, which was two years ago. That's 10. <laughs> Yes, it is, of course. That's 10 years It it took a while to go from reading everything, knowing the truth, and then having a relationship. Yeah. So I walked in the truth without having a relationship for a while. And then I did the get down on my knees, beg for forgiveness, come to Jesus. Yeah. Like literally come to Jesus. Because I, I knew everything I wanted to know to understand the truth. But then I had to have a relationship to make it come to life. I would go do my homework, so to speak, 
and read the Bible. And then I'd read the Quran a little bit, and then I'd read other things. And just after a while, it became a lifestyle. It was something that, or, or someone I was, someone I became. I think that some people who don't take sharing their faith from an intellectual approach or a, even a debate approach. In fact, they're scared of that kind of stuff. There's a lot of people like that. They're very relational. They're serving. But I think that sometimes people are afraid, but I'm going to lose the debate. I don't know enough. This yeah. person is intellectual and I'm right. not, and I can't answer all the questions. And for me, that should bring peace to a person to say, you can trust Jesus with an intellectual approach to seeking truth, right? It's mm-hmm. true, you- but some of my most amazing Christian yeah. friends say, I'm so jealous of you because you don't struggle with doubt. And I don't. I never waver. I don't have the emotional, what's God going to do? Because I just know. The words one of my friends used was, you're just so black and white about it. Like, it, it wasn't true, and then it was, and you don't go back. And God will speak to me. He will say things like, you need to do this. And I do it. I don't doubt it. Right on. It's very black and white. And that's hard for a lot of people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and when you're in the midst of stuff, especially, and you right. just don't know. Or when you've had tragedy happen, yeah. and you haven't figured out that verse that, oh, you'll never be disappointed, and temporarily... You may have some disappointment because something really bad happened, but he still is who he is, and he will use what you will give him for your growth and for his glory. Yeah. So in this whole thing with communication, and that's my background too, that was my major at San Diego State, doing a little bit of radio stuff like this and speech and debate and all of that. So I enjoy this kind of stuff. But what do you see as some of the, just the roadblocks to really effectively engaging an important conversation. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay, so some of it is about, okay, sharing your testimony and everything, but some of it's just, that's something that I need to work very hard on. But what are some of the things that people have to watch out for? I think the biggest roadblock is fear of rejection. Mm -hmm. And that's very much like public speaking. And that's not all we do in the field of communication, but It's my favorite. And I love seeing students go from being terrified to glorious Mm. in their speaking. And it will happen over the course of just a few weeks because they're given skills and they develop confidence in what they're doing. And after a few practices, it feels very natural. And you're always nervous. I tell my students, if you're not nervous, you're not doing this right. (laughs) And so we need to work with that nervousness. Yeah, that you can use that energy, but you have to do it. Whether it's a Christian wanting to speak with a friend, which is so scary, or even a family member, which is more scary, I think is grammatically correct. But at any rate, that fear prevents us from thinking clearly, from listening well, from feeling relaxed, from just hearing God's voice that He's with you. So what do you do pre conversation. Yeah, you just pray about it. Mm. I mean, it's kind of black and white, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, not complicated. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> and and you just pray that God will give you the answer and he always does. Yeah. And sometimes it makes no sense. Yeah. But yeah. that's what he wants you to share and I think a struggle therein is people think how do you know what God's telling you? Or I don't hear the voice of God. And that could be for a lot of reasons, but Maybe they do, and they're not certain of it. Or maybe 
They're not in relationship. You know, I'm not saying God would deny anybody, but our listening is an act of obedience. Sometimes I say things off the wall to people because God is telling me. Students have asked, I'm stuck on this assignment and I'm praying for them while they're talking to me. And I'll give them an answer that makes no sense to me. <laughs> and that's awkward as a teacher. But the student will say, oh, that's exactly right. I was just thinking that. <laughs> and I just say, thanks, God. Felt silly, but. My experience has been that I understand the tone and the aroma, the taste of Jesus communicating with me by acting on it. Because like any great relationship, you spend time and you listen, and with your Lord, you do what he says, say something weird or silly, and you'll go, okay, I remember. This is how he talks to me. It's different for different people. Some of them have audible experiences. I, I can't say that I have. But yeah, by obeying, you get more opportunity. You are tuned in to his voice, and I think that's just by sp spending time with him and obeying him. Yeah, and that's a really good point that people hear from God in different ways. Because I don't want anyone to feel like, oh, if it's not audible, I'm not hearing from God. <laughs> he speaks to you through dreams, through other people, through maybe what some call a gut instinct. And it's important to listen oh, yeah. to those. Yeah, for sure. What about you, Matt? One thing I was thinking, what you're talking about is an action of faith. God gives you the desire, gives you the faith, but you have to put it into action. And I think a lot of times... Right when you go and you put your effort into it and you do the action, that's when God blesses the whole thing. And So I, I agree. I'm just totally blown away. This is really cool. And some of the time, it's us getting out of the way. Sure. So Jesus yeah. or his spirit can talk to somebody. Sure. Yeah. It's okay, just, and sometimes he's saying it to you, and sometimes he's imparting something to that person. And when your words connect with what he's doing... That's backing your act. The devotions that we're going through as a church right now in the book of John, 21 days, it's uh, John 11. And Mark was talking about Lazarus coming out of the grave. But Jesus could have brought him out of the grave without all the death clothes. Could have smelled good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. But he told them to take all that stuff off of him. And Mark just used it as an illustration. Once again, I don't know who this quote is, but without him, we can't. And without us, he won't. won't. And I can't yeah, say that's yeah. universal because I don't want to debate it. Sometimes he acts independently, for sure. But he really does want to partner with us. He wants to work in us and through us to seek and to save those that are lost. And to have these, you save that someday I know, get print. to meet him someday. Because <laughs> yeah. he trusted you because you do something and that's why i always talk about this adventure of sharing jesus because stuff like that can happen yeah. and the rest of the time just act like jesus yeah. amen yeah. i mean as best we can yep i have another good story from class you want to hear it yeah it's not like saving babies but so sometimes when we get into critical thinking discussions people want to be right and they have all their evidence and so then someone thankfully raises faith up I don't know how that happens. It just comes up in class, right? <laughs> and so I'll say, okay, let's talk about it. Let's talk about different faith and tolerance and, and how we're supposed to live in this nonsensical way. And they're like, oh, nonsensical. And I go, Bellman or whatever. What are the elevator operator? Oh, the elevator operator says, okay, Buddhists, all the Buddhists, ding, going up to reincarnation. Please get off. 
Okay, are there any atheists? We have no floor for you. You can just go become dirt. Okay, now you're dead. Go do your thing. (laughs) Mormons, are you ready for your seventh heaven? Here we go, going up. It makes no sense, (laughs) right? There's no logic in that. Yep. So the looks on their faces are beautiful. If I could ever photograph a moment in class, that would be it. When they're processing the death elevator, everything can't be true. There you go. Something is true or nothing is true. Hmm. And that is such a great illustration in a public school classroom. And that's one thing that teachers get. Teachers have a tough job. There can be a lot of struggles, especially year to year. You don't know what you're going to get and all of that. But helping someone to think. Right. Man. Okay, obviously, that that's the goal. Teach yeah. them to think. That's don't just really my teach heart. them the stuff, right? Whatever the topic but is. But we yeah. can all do that. We can all yes. do that if, like in 1 Peter 3.15, if we do it with gentleness and respect, you can ask a question like that, especially if you've earned, if you've got equity in the relationship right. and they know your motivation and they know your heart. I got a good buddy I just had lunch with and he is somewhere between an atheist and a Catholic. He loves the <laughs> ritual of Catholicism. Well, right. He it, likes that. He yeah. wants to, he wants Gives to, you a regimen. He likes that. But he also is very, very far from God. But we have conversations about it all the time. And we were in a car and I was helping him with something. And he said, would you do my eulogy? I was just at doing food service at a party where somebody died. And he'd already died. He didn't die at the party. (laughs) And so he said, I just want somebody to say something nice about me. He's a very isolated kind of guy. Uh, So I said, you know what, dude? Yes, I'm in. But number two, I want to know where you're going. And you have never, ever given me any reason why Jesus isn't your Lord and Savior. Mm. And he goes, and he's a man of his word. He said, I'll seriously consider that. And so that conversation came out of, number one, just serving him in a a time of need. Years, decades of relationship that weren't like smash him in his face. And so the question was presented. And so that's something I think is really powerful. Those kinds of questions. How can everything be true? Can't. It can't be. How can an atheist be angry at God? It's not possible. Can't. Not possible. I want to ask you a couple of other things, but I I don't know why I'm provoked to ask this question, but what's God teaching you right now in your walk with him right now? What's he doing with you? He is holding me in a place of mystery. And for someone who sets 10-year plans and 20-year plans, it's driving me crazy. And so... I am following his ways in a very generic sense and raising my children, mostly the two young girls, the boys are doing great, and I'm waiting on him. And we have chats about how much this is driving me crazy. You know what the funny truth is? When you asked me to come on the podcast, I had to do a quick study of podcasts because I don't listen to podcasts. (laughs) I don't watch TV. I don't listen to podcasts. I'm not on social media. Like I'm just this bizarre communicative pariah who functions face-to-face. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah, you do that well. What would be your word of encouragement to the folks that are listening right now? What are you hearing 
from the Lord that people need encouragement because we want to equip them with some real life, hey, you can do this kind of stuff, but encourage them as well. Okay. So this will go out to the Christians and non-Christians. This is something I've talked about in class when I'm with my Christian class. When we start talking about self-esteem and self-care and all that, it's important to take care of yourself. God tells us that, right? We're to be healthy and all these other things. But we don't need pampering. We don't need five-star meals because this is critically important. We were made in the image of God. We walk around this planet with a purpose He has ascribed unto our lives and made in His image. And He loves us. He just ensconces us in his love every day, whether we're aware of it or not. And so I think shifting your awareness from, I'm not good enough to share Jesus. (laughs) He loves you and wants to have a relationship with you and have you share his good news. That's what I would do to encourage people, just open up the door of realization in their mind that they are equipped, they are capable, they are loved, and they are made in his image. So no more, I'm not good enough, I'm too this or too that. Nope, sorry. If you're doubting yourself, then you need to talk to God about that because he made you exactly how he intended. That is encouraging, right on. Hey, would you mind praying for the folks that are listening to you right now? No, I would love that. Let's do it. And you, can I pray for you too? Yeah. Yeah, please. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Heavenly Father God, thank you so much for this Youth Venture Center, for all the children who come through here, for all the volunteers. Thank you for Kevin and for Matt and for this podcast that reaches people into the furthest corners of the world and the furthest corners of their hearts. We ask, Lord, that you would open up their hearts and minds to know exactly how much you love them and how desperate you are to know and love more people in this world and let people know they are fully equipped and fully capable to speak and preach and love on the others in their life. Lord, we just thank you for the truth you give us Mm -hmm. and the confidence we can have in your word and how we can ask you for help and you come alongside us immediately. Lord, I just pray for those in fear of sharing their faith. I pray for those who fear workplace policy, who fear political uh, disagreements. I ask God that you would just give people the peace to speak your truth in love. We love you, Jesus, and we claim your name over this time and over this podcast and over every single listener. Amen. Amen. Amen.